Welcome to the Faith Together podcast from the Center for Faith and Family at Olivet Nazarene University. If you believe that passing down faith is essential for the next generation, you are in the right place. Enjoy conversations with guests who are faith practitioners, parents, caregivers, pastors, counselors, and many more. You'll enjoy practical tools and community for passing down faith to your children and grandchildren. Hello, this is Leon, and before we get today's episode started, I wanted to apologize to you for some technical difficulties that we had during the recording. So you will notice that Lindsay's voice is not as strong as mine is, and we had some technical difficulties that we were not aware of at the time. So we have fixed that. Going forward, it should not be a problem, but I wanted to give you uh, this head heads up as you get ready to listen to today's episode. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Thank you again for joining us at the Faith Together podcast. Uh, I'm Leon Blanchett, and with me is Lindsay Bush. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Thanks uh, for being with us, all of you, for joining us today. If you missed our first podcast, you may want to go back and listen to that. Uh, in that podcast, we shared a little bit about who we are and what this podcast is all about and the generous gift that we receive from Lily Endowment that uh, finances and supports uh, this podcast and some of the other things that we are doing as part of our mission to assist parents and caregivers in raising their children to follow Jesus. So uh, with that in mind, we wanted to do this next episode as a kind of a background or, or maybe even a mandate of scripture to do the things that we're doing. So scripture is really clear about the importance of passing faith to your children. And I think every everyone within uh, the Christian tradition, I think know this is a pretty important thing. I'm just not sure we always know how to do it. And so as parents, we try the best we know how to do it. But for scripture to come along and give us some guidance, as well as for research that we are currently doing, those things will help us as we consider how we go about passing faith to the next generation. So I'd like to start with challenging you with what has become possibly my favorite text in scripture. It is found in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, unfortunately, is one of those misunderstood books of the Old Testament, Lindsay. It's one of those books like when we're doing the walk through the Bible in a year kind of a thing. We get to number. Of course, Leviticus is pretty tough. You know, we've got all the rules and codes and traditions and rituals and feasts and all those things. It usually loses me at Leviticus. Yeah. And then we get into numbers and we, we get a little bit better because there's uh -huh. some very strange, interesting stories there. And uh -huh. then we get to the book of Deuteronomy. We say, oh, not again. But if we could think of the book of Deuteronomy as maybe grandpa sitting around uh, with his family, realizing that he's very close to the end of his life, and he sits down with his family and he says to them, there's some really important things I want to share with you. These are the things before I go, I don't want you to forget. And he's probably not going to talk about his favorite sports team or other things that kind of been important to him throughout life, but not the critically important things. He's probably going to focus on things like, here's how God was faithful to us as a family. Let's not forget that. This is how I live my life. 
the good and the bad and how faithful God was in the midst of all of that. Uh, He would rehearse their story as a family, all of those kind of things. And I want to propose that that's what the book of Deuteronomy is, that Moses realizes his life is coming to an end. He will not be going into the promised land with the children of Israel, with this second generation of people in the wilderness. He wants to remind them of some really important things. So that takes us to Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is got to be, as I mentioned, one of my favorite texts in all of Scripture, because I think it helps us so much with understanding what our call is as both family and as the church family. And so this is what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this is really interesting scripture. This is often referred to as the Shema. The Hebrew people will often take the first couple words of a particular important passage of scripture and give it a name. And so usually the name is the Hebrew of whatever those first couple words are. In this case, hear or listen. The important part here from a Hebrew perspective is listen or hear is not just to hear words like you're hearing us today, but to actually obey those words and put them into practice. So you didn't hear or listen if you didn't actually do what you heard said. So it goes, it ties similarly to, if we're looking at Moses kind of giving his final thoughts, it's to me, I kind of think of it as you're in overtime, getting close to the end of a game. He's got you together Mm -hmm. and he's giving you the play. Right. So this is, you need to listen. But then you also need to do these things to win the game. Absolutely. And fortunately for us, he goes on and tells us what those things are. This is kind of a sequential thing. As you listen to this, I want you to think like these are in order. So first, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Recognizing a call for a life of relationship with this God, with no other gods to interfere with that relationship. So there is one God who we serve, who we are faithful to because he is faithful to us. And then he moves on to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And for a Hebrew person, that would have been everything. That's everything we are. Now, let me just put a side note in here that I think is kind of fun. Uh, when Jesus quotes this text, he actually misquotes it really? in the New Testament. Yeah, wow. uh, this is kind of a fascinating thing. So he is asked, you may remember the story where he's asked, what is the greatest commandment as an attempt to try to trick him up, right? And so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he adds the word mind in to this text. Now, a Hebrew would have understood mind in the three descriptors he gives, heart, soul, and strength. But he's speaking to a Greek audience where philosophy became very important, where the mind, the role the mind plays in the person is really important. They would not have understood it that way. And they would have thought, possibly, that our mind is not a part of this equation, it wasn't included. And so Jesus understood his context so well that he was able to take the truth of an Old Testament text, 
rephrase it in such a way that met the needs of his audience. And I love that Jesus does that. It's a great example for us of knowing the context of the people we're speaking to. Absolutely. And a reminder that Jesus will always meet us right where we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's one God and you're to love him with everything within you. And then you are to place his word in your heart. His commandments are to be upon your heart. And so there's this natural progression. Love God with everything you are. Take his word and place it in your heart. And the implication here is that you're living it now. It's not just something that I know. I'm actually living it. I love God with everything, and I'm living that out of my life. And as you do that, then impress it on your children. So this is a really important movement. So you impress it on your children as you are doing it. Now, one of the great things about parenting, particularly when it comes to passing on faith, is we don't have to be an expert at it. The way faith is shaped is that as we're living out our faith and figuring things out as adults and as parents, our kids get to continue to live out their faith as they watch the way we live our faith. And we can be open with them and honest with them about failures that we have along the way. So this isn't something that parents have to have figured out completely. All right. So impress it on your children. And then you may ask the question, well, how do we do that? And Moses says, great question. Let me tell you. Talk about it when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So let's just have some little fun with this. So to sit at home or to walk along the road. When you think about being at home or not being at home, what would be the alternative to those two options? Well, there is none. You're either at home or you're not at home. The next one is when you are down for the night, when you lie down, or when you get up and you're active for the day. Again, what other option is there? You're one of those two. And the implication here that Moses is making is that you are to live it out all of the time. Teach it to them all the time. And as a parent, you know that there are plenty of teaching moments where you did not intend to teach. Habits that you have that your kids pick up, things that just happen along the road, so to speak, as you're living life, teaching is occurring all the time. And in the education world, we refer to this as informal or or non-formal teaching. And it is the things that happen when we don't intend to be teaching, but we are. So my mom uses her hands when she talks. And if you were in the studio with us today, you would see that even with no audience (laughs) here in in the studio with us, you will see that my hands are going. I have learned from watching my mom to do that. I don't even realize I do it. It just is a part of who I am. So we pass on our faith in those informal ways. And then there's also the formal ways. And so Moses says, uh, you are to tie them as symbols on your hands and on your foreheads. Some of you may be familiar with the concept of a phylactery. It is a part of a Jewish wardrobe. It is a little black box generally that has some cords tied to it. And that box would be tied on your forehead or on your forearm. And inside that box would often have little scrolls of scripture on them. Interestingly enough, this text, the Shema, was one of the most common texts that would be written. And you would write on this little rolled piece of paper and you'd stick it in this little box. And it's an intentional way of having God's word right in front of you. As you're wearing it, as you're seeing it, you're remembering 
how you are to live. So this is more of the formal, the intentional way that we do things. So my wife loves writing little notes on on three by five cards, not really notes, mostly scripture. And they're kind of around the house and they're reminders. She has a prayer room in our upstairs where she has lots of scripture on the walls and they're reminders, they're intentional, okay? And then to write them on your house and on your gates. This is kind of where you live, where you work. Making things present in your life that remind you who you belong to. And so what Moses is telling us is the way we pass faith to our kids is we do it in informal ways as we live life, and we do it in formal ways where we are intentional. And I think these two things are really critical in this particular text where Moses is saying, here's how you pass on faith. Now, I want to give a word of caution here for just a moment. While it's really important for us to immerse, if you want to say, our children in our faith so that faith becomes so natural for them. We also know that it is very important as parents who are trying to pass on our faith to our children that we are healthy parents. And so that includes lots of different areas of our lives. And so one of the great things we're going to do, Lindsay, is starting next week, we're going to have some guests from Olivet, uh, who have done a lot of research in how to be healthy as a parent. And we're going to talk about things like attachment, the importance of our relationships with our kids, some mental health topics that would be important, as, as well as uh, marital relationships and the role that those play in passing faith on to our kids. So it's more than just passing on words to our kids. It's really being healthy ourselves so we can model for our kids what faith looks like. To me, it reminds me of just passing on a presence to them of saying, I am here with you, I am walking with you, and more becomes caught than taught, you know, in those informal settings. Yeah, that's really Even good. Even with the formal teaching, you know, that may come back later into your child's life or into your own, because we know we learn a lot from children too, as they're sharing right. you know, their faith journey with us. And so, you know, offering a space of connection together and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this next series of episodes when we talk about how, how do we have healthy connection and attachment yeah. together because that is so very important because we know from experience and from walking alongside families and, and now as I get to walk alongside Gen Z as college students, some of them have come from some really painful places. Yeah. And scripture has been used as a weapon instead of a healing balm and a training and a life-giving force. Yeah. And we don't want that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, you said something earlier I want to go back to because I think it's really important. I don't want us to overlook it too too easily, too quickly. And that is that not only are we passing faith to our children, but if we're aware, children can pass faith to us. Absolutely. Uh, they have a unique way of understanding a relationship with God that I think for those of us who become mature as adults, we kind of leave that behind, unfortunately. Both of us work with kids in our churches, and one of the great joys of leading children in worship on Sunday mornings is seeing God through their eyes, because there's such an innocentness about the way they approach God and authenticity about that as well. And so I love spending time with them because they teach me how to be faithful in my walk with God. I couldn't agree more. I mean, a week doesn't go by that I don't learn something from a child that I have the opportunity to serve and to talk about faith with. I think about even just this last week, Leon, I was at church and we were discussing uh, Jesus and we were discussing his ministry and how 
he did leave earth, but that he's still with us through the Holy Spirit and he's preparing a place for us, you know, in heaven. And so a child came up to me uh, after service that day and said, so Pastor Lindsay, when, when I hear lightning and thunder, does that mean that Jesus is rearranging the furniture in the place <laughs> he's preparing for me? Yeah, and I such thought, great imaginations, yes, right? such great imagination, but also... I loved the the openness and the perspective that he had thinking about Jesus preparing a place yeah. for him. Was he's he really doing this. Yes. Was he rearranging yeah. the furniture in the place he's preparing for me? You know, and really connecting to that. So yeah, that's I, great. I just, it's always, when we have eyes to see and when we say, Lord, open my heart to hear whatever you want to say, he, he works through children. Yeah, really, absolutely. Really does. And we see that all through scripture yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. So, boy, we could go on and on on that, right? Yeah, that because, could be another series. <laughs> <laughs> because both of us are pretty passionate about that perspective of kids. Well, we've looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, the Shema, but that's not the only scripture that talks about the importance of passing faith down to your kids. So let's talk about Psalm 78. Yeah, I love Psalm 78. I'm going to just go ahead and read it from my Bible here, from the New Living Translation. It says this, verse one, O my people, listen to my teaching. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and know, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children, but will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, we will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he did. For he issued his decree to Jacob. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, that they in turn might teach their children. So each generation can set its hope anew on God, remembering his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Yeah. Wow. What a great text. Yeah. That speaks for itself, doesn't yeah. it? So the writer of the Psalms really understood the significance of what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. And he references that he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, to teach who God was, to pass faith on to that De Deuteronomy 6 text and is saying, now that's our responsibility. Yeah. to continue, to continue to tell the story. And another thing I think is important to connect here from Deuteronomy 6 to Psalm 78, Leon, is the the thought of as they're speaking to the, to the families to pass on the faith, they're not just speaking to an immediate family, correct? They're oh, yeah. speaking to a correct. greater community. Yes, that's something I didn't mention in the Deuteronomy text. You're exactly okay. right. So Moses and the writer here are not mm -hmm. speaking just to parents. This is uh, speaking to the community of faith, uh, yes. the Jewish people that would have been there. Yes. So coming back to just the imagery that we have in the Faith Together podcast, that we're all in this together. Yes. But it takes all of us. And many say it takes a village, which it does. Yes, it does. And that is true in faith. And one thing I love to tell children when we're teaching the story of God, what I like to call the big God story, is that God's word is true. It's true, and it's also to be continued. Mm -hmm. And so we all have a place in this story. It's not over yet. We have a place right now. The author in Psalm 78 had a place in the story of God right at that moment, and so did Moses and the people in Deuteronomy 6. Right. So we all have a role to play 
no matter where we are in the story of God. And to me, that's exciting. It's exciting to think that God would choose me to be a part of his story, the creator of heaven and earth. It's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And I also love just the the implication in Psalm 78 to tell the story of God to the next generation. Tell them the the glorious deeds of the Lord. Tell of the mighty miracles that he did. Truly sharing the story of who God has been in your life with those around you, your children, your grandchildren, the children that you love. And we see this to be true with Jesus. Jesus was the best storyteller. You know, sharing stories really connects us. It connects us in ways that I think is paramount to anything else because it makes us human, vulnerable, and then we're able to connect on those pieces. And Jesus was the best storyteller. We see him use storytelling as a powerful tool to share God's truth right. with his parables. Yeah. And he has such a perspective when it comes to sharing stories. And so I think that's an important truth for us to remember is that as we share our story, his truth can shine through that in ways that we might not even recognize or think is possible. But by truly just being vulnerable and sharing, this is what God is doing in my life with kids, with our grandkids, with those in our family, then God becomes the center of our story. And when children see God at work in your story, whatever, however big or small it might be, when they see that, then they can name it, you know, right. and in sure. naming God was at work in their story, then it frames their perspective is what yeah, I like that's to think good. about. Like in naming God at work in someone's story that's close to them, it gives them permission to frame their perspective that God can be at work in my story. And God is at work. Yeah, story. Yeah, that's very good. Now, a, a little bit of a teaser here, because uh, if I remember correctly, in one of our future episodes, we're going to talk about storytelling a little bit. Yes. How to be a good storyteller and the the power of stories. And we don't have to try to figure out, okay, what story am I supposed to tell? Because we are story people. We live in stories, right? And right. so, I think one of the important things of passing faith to our children is telling them our stories, mm -hmm. the ones of the past, but also what's happening today in our lives where God's challenging us and how we failed and how we did well and those challenges, those kinds of things. Yeah. And recognizing him at work in the world around us. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be this amazing, holy, you know, one might say a burning bush moment like Moses experienced, but it could be, you know, I saw God today at the beautiful leaves on the tree. Yeah. I mean, that is so awesome. God could create that. Sure. I see God today. That's yeah. telling his yeah. story. So we pass our faith on in lots of ways. We pass our faith on in the informal everyday living life together. We pass our faith on by the intentionality of our lives. Things like taking our kids to Sunday school class or taking them to children's worship or adult worship, whatever your environment may be. Having them in a Bible quizzing or things like that where they're intentionally learning the things that they need to know as well as living it out in the daily in our daily lives. I, I want us to also recognize maybe the consequences of not doing this. Because scripture doesn't just tell us that this is something we're supposed to do. It kind of gives us actually a sad story, if we want to say it that way. In the book of Judges, uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 10, really has a warning for us. And this is what 
Judges chapter 2, verse 10 says to us. Now, this is just before, if you're familiar with the book of Judges, it's uh, there are cycles of the people doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, God allowing them to be overthrown by another nation. They become slaves there for a period of time. Eventually, they cry out to God, and then God sends a judge, people like Samson, Deborah, and others, uh, who kind of uh, free them from that bondage. And while that judge, uh, so to speak, is alive, they're faithful. And then when that judge dies, they start the cycle again. Okay. So this is kind of chapter two, verse 10 of Judges is almost like a introduction to what is going to happen. And this is what it says. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And I think what the writer is trying to tell us is a whole generation of people didn't follow God, didn't even know about God. And the only way that happens is the generation before them stops telling the story, stops living the life, stops challenging them to live a particular way. And it's, it's a sad story that... I don't know. I've said this to a friend recently. I said, on my watch, this isn't going to happen. If I have anything to say about it, I'm not going to let another generation grow up that doesn't know the Lord. And not know the Lord from the perspective of know about the Lord, but actually know the Lord. It's one thing for our kids to know about God and know the stories of the Bible. It's another thing for them to experience him personally. And uh, our goal as parents is to present the gospel in a way that draws children to it so that they want to serve the same God that we serve. Mm-hmm. It's moving them to a place of not just serving God and doing things for him, but, but living life with him. Yeah. It's a, it's a different shift of showing them there is a life of faith available that will be with God and will move you closer to him and to the things he has for you uh, rather than just checking a list of the things that we know about God, but a true experience and encounter with yeah. him again and again. And it takes all of us. It takes the parents who are part of a child's life and pastors and teachers and coaches and whoever that may be, that generation in judges that you're referring to they didn't know God because the community of faith, you know, were, were silent. Yeah. It was a group project that failed, so to speak. You right. Know, that there, there was not a working together there. Yeah. I agree. That, that gives me chills thinking about the opportunity we have and how important it is. Yeah. So that becomes a mandate, I think, for us. Deuteronomy, Psalms, those two texts we've looked at, I think become mandates for us to make sure that we are being faithful, passing on the faith. So let me remind you of of what we've said, that passing on the faith happens in everyday living life, the ordinary, the driving in the car, the going to school, the interacting at home, the watching a TV show where we have to take a moment and say, how do we feel about that? Is that consistent with what God has taught us? You know, those kinds of things. And then the intentional things, whether those are Sunday morning intentionalities or a family 
Bible study together or whatever those intentional things are that are a part of our lives so that the next generation will truly know who God is and experience him personally. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. I hope you have experienced some help with that foundation for what we're doing. And to come is a new series where we're going to focus on healthy parenting. So I'm looking forward to that. So thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a wonderful day. You've been listening to the Faith Together podcast from the Center for Faith and Family at Olivet Nazarene University. Sign up for additional resources at centerff.com. When building faith, we are better together.